With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Logan and Lewis. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. Sponsored by the law offices of Dan Kaplis. On KOA. 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. Hey, everybody, good morning. Welcome to the show. Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee here. Dave's not here. Dave is on assignment for the next couple of weeks. Really? Is that what it's called? Yes, that's what we're going with. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, And getting cloudy all of a sudden. There's clouds moving in. It was snowing up in northern Colorado Blowing hard, like almost whiteout condition about an hour ago. And from what I understand, that's moving this way. So we're going to get a blast of that here very soon. And kind of a short, you know, fast-moving storm like we've been getting like every day. Uh, we're going to get that again today here. So we are going to get some more snow here today. We're trying to break the record for snow for the month of February, but I don't think we're going to make it. I think we're going to come up short because after today, I don't see any snow in the forecast. And, of course, the month ends Saturday. So we're going to get close, but not close enough to break the record. The record, by the way, set in 2015, just a few years ago. I don't remember living through the snowiest February in history in 2015, but... It's all kind of a blur. Kathy's back, by the way. Whoa, yeah. Welcome yeah. back, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. She was on assignment as well. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a rearranging, rearranging assignment. And uh, what do they call that? Uh, an elective surgery. Yes. Of cosmetic. Cosmetic yes. surgery. Yeah. I did have a cosmetic surgery. You did. And you look fine. You look great. You look rested. Not on my face. <laughs> oh, it wasn't on your face. No. It was on another body part. Yes. Oh, okay. It was in the middle of my body. Yes. I your had, butt. I had something lifted. Right. That's a pretty common, seems like a pretty common thing women are doing today. Yeah. I think after you have kids. The, it's a breast lift. Yeah, Is that a, what they call it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a breast lift. So I think a lot of uh, people after they have kids, women after they have kids, you know, your breasts become different and mm-hmm. they tend to droop and whatnot. So I got mine lifted and reduced. Good for you, Kathy. Thank you. Good for you. Not my butt, but thank you. Right. You were wishing it was, well, maybe if you had a little more money. <laughs> well, no, I could have done the backside too. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm no. fine with my backside, but. 
Well, good morning. It's 9.09. A lot of things to talk about here today. A lot of things that happened over the weekend, um, including the CU Buffs have a new coach. Yay. Boy, that was a, that got to be a soap opera drama. And they got Carl Durrell. Now, interesting about Carl Durrell, he's got connections to the CU football program. He was an assistant coach here. He was also an assistant coach for the Denver Broncos. And he's a guy that's been uh, around for quite a long time, 57 years old, coached a lot of different places, NFL and college. He's been a head coach once in his career. That was at UCLA, where he was a head coach for five years. He compiled a record of 35 and 27. He had one really good year there out of the five. I think they went like 10 and two uh, in one year. And then the other four years were kind of six and six type, you know, six and six, six and seven. He went to a bowl game every year. He was there. And as you know, you just have to win six games to go to a bowl game. You know, that makes you bowl eligible. And that's pretty much what he did the whole time he was there was win six games and go to a bowl game. But the one year he had a real good year. He went 10 and two. He's uh Highly regarded as a coach and, a, and a, as a human being as well. I hear good things about him. Uh, I, I think they did fine with uh, Carl Durrell. I, I think he's a pretty safe pick. He knows the Pac-12, obviously. Familiar with uh, CU and the, the culture there, Colorado. Uh, they, they kept saying they wanted to get a guy that bleeds black and gold. Well, he bleeds powder blue and gold. You know, he's a UCLA guy. Yeah. But he does have the CU connection. He has a Colorado connection. He does have the Colorado connection. Yeah. He played it. He played at UCLA as well. He was a wide receiver at UCLA. Rick Neuheisel was the quarterback then. And him and Rick Neuheisel crossed paths several times in their careers. Uh, he was the assistant here under Rick Neuheisel at Colorado. Hmm. Uh, and then Color, uh, Rick Neuhausel took the job at UCLA when Carl Durrell got fired. So they've kind of crossed paths several times over their years. So they got their guy. I think there's a press conference today. Are people happy about it? I, I, I can't tell. Uh, you know, just looking at social media, no, it didn't seem like there's – well, I would say there's not a lot of excitement around – the higher but he's maybe, not a sexy pick but maybe they're not disappointed right that's kind of what it seemed pretty neutral to me i was just looking at one of our texters who thought the colorado hire is awful he said this is exactly what happened to tennessee when kiffin left them and went to usc will be a two higher mistake sad way to do a football program mm, i disagree i don't think that i don't think he's going to be a mistake in the sense that he bombs out at Colorado, I, I don't, sure I, I don't see that happening. But I mean, it, it depends what you consider a mistake. Like if he if he's around for five years and can turn the program around to the point where they can get back to a bowl game or two. They go to a bowl game every year that he's here. He's definitely not a mistake. Oh, no doubt. Since they haven't been to a bowl game in how many years? Well, they've been to one in like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. So I, I, I disagree with that. I, I think 
I think he's a good hire. He's just not a sexy choice. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on anybody's radar. You know, he he probably was their third choice, maybe even fourth. What happened to some of the other toys? I mean, I know what happened with I Sarkeesian, don't know. We're but... still trying to find out. Sarkeesian mm-hmm. looks like he he bailed last second. It's been reported that Eric Bieniemy uh, was asked if he was interested, at least. I don't know if he interviewed. I don't think he did, but being reported that they asked him twice. And and he said no. I don't blame him. Yeah, well, He's going to be a head coach in the NFL next next year. This time he'll be a head coach. I mean, in the he NFL. may get another Super Bowl ring next year. You know, why yeah. would he leave? So I mean, if you want to comment on that, we can. I know we talked a lot about the coaching carousel there at CU last week, and really the last two weeks. Uh, they got their guy. He's a respectable coach with a lot of experience, and I think they'll I think they'll be fine with him. Will they hit a home run? I can't predict that. I don't know. But I think they'll be – they could have done worse. That's kind of how I look at it. Uh, we have Carl from Denver calling in. Oops, sorry, wrong one. Phone's a pretty long reach for me here. Hi, Carl, what's up? Yo. Yo. Hey, uh, I was uh, kind of caught Kathy talking about some documentary about um, R. Kelly – Mm-hmm. I don't know what guys, and I don't know what um we, we started talk- it, but I thought, uh sorry, we were talking about the Bikram Yoga document. Are you talking about the, our Fox Morning Show? Yeah, the tail oh, end okay. of it. Yeah, at the tail end of our morning show uh, yeah. on the Fox, we were talking about the the Bikram Yoga guy. There's a documentary on Netflix about him being a sexual predator and being compared to Harvey Weinstein. Oh. Did you see it? No, but um. Did you see the R. Kelly one? It definitely caught my attention. Yeah. No, I did not. Okay. No, but I'm. So there's one I would like to. Um, there's one if you go to mytruthdoc.com. Um, the two child actors from the '80s, Corey Feldman and Corey Hammer, coming out with a documentary. It's going to be aired internationally only once. Tickets went on sale I think a couple days ago, but it's a. Uh, I think it's online. It's only going to be aired once, and he's exposing the huge pedophile ring in Hollywood. Mm. And there's some major names, maybe like Tom Hanks and uh, Steven Spielberg. I would I would heavily advise everyone to uh, look into that because um, this this stuff goes way deeper than mm-hmm. just kind of like people that are messed up on the surface. It's more of like of a cult cult thing. So uh, I think it's pretty important that we we um, expose these instead of just keep voting for Hollywood and anyway okay. I just thought I would mention yeah, that Carl. mytruthdoc.com Okay thank you Carl yeah um that is interesting Yeah and the Harvey Weinstein it really opened a lot of eyes apparently you know he'd been doing that for a long time and a lot of people knew and just looked the other way because he was a very powerful man and he could he could make or break you in Hollywood kind of guy this Bikram thing is really interesting to me. I, I didn't know anything about it. I watched it last night. And Bikram is the guy's name. That's his first name. And he started, obviously, the the Bikram yoga, you know, what do they, they call them? Clinics or what do they? What, studios. Studios, right. Uh, franchise those mm-hmm. uh, around the world. Top of yoga, you know, it's where it's hot. Hot yoga. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, the guy that started all that. He came here from India, 
and really embraced by Hollywood. Uh, you know, did has uh, been on the talk show circuit. And you watch this documentary, and you could see this guy is one of the biggest narcissists you've ever seen in your life. Like, scary narcissism and massive ego. And it's scary that so many people followed him. Yes. And thought he and was believed in him. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's almost disturbing more is that how did all these people get conned by this guy, you know? Yeah, women in particular. But some men, you know, there are some male, male yoga teachers, obviously, but a lot of them were women. And um, he took advantage of them. Yeah. They looked up to him so much. They, 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 they called him my guru. He was their guru. And so they believed in this guy so much that he, he could get away with a lot, and he did. And finally, uh, some women came forward, and you could see it in the documentary. But I can't believe he's not in jail. That's what still bothers me is that this guy is Yeah, he's, not... he skipped the country. After the, uh, they had a civil trial. And he skipped the country. I believe he lives in Mexico now, still doing what he's doing. And, um, you know, one of the women said she was raped by him. Several sexual assault stories. And they they were just so stunned that their guru would put him in that position. And you see this happen all the time. He was, he, he was like a cult-type personality. And almost like brainwashed these people where they would allow him to talk to them it just verbally assault them throughout these classes. He was teaching them to be Bikram yoga teachers. And so they knew if they quit, their career would be over. They wouldn't be able to do that. And they knew if they complained about his sexual behavior that he would blackball them and they wouldn't be able to open their own studio and do the Bikram yoga studio thing. And so they, they felt... Like his his power basically trumped everything, which is what you see in Hollywood all the time with Harvey Weinstein and, and people like that, the so-called casting couch in Hollywood. Um, so I just got a text. You guys are cutting out really bad. Are we really? Yeah, Grant and I are working on it here. We got the hamster wheel back and running, so hmm. we'll, we'll try and fix it. We're cutting out? The signal's cutting out, or what's cutting out? Yeah, we had three or four. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Calls as well that said that we we're cutting out. Really? Yeah. So we'll see. We're working on it. I didn't think KOA ever cut out. This, this is this one of the strongest signals in the country. So it's not the signal. It's something on the board here. I better get an engineer on it then. We're trying to get a hold of them now. Well, hopefully it's listenable. <laughs> I mean, hopefully uh, you can still listen to the show. Hopefully it's not that bad. But we're uh, we're working on it, and we appreciate you letting us know. You know where I'm sure we're not cutting out online? KOAColorado.com. You hit that Listen Live link right there, and I'm pretty sure we won't cut out there. Yeah, you think the Internet's more reliable than the than the radio signal? No, you know, just throwing out options there <laughs> to anybody that might be having trouble listening on 850 or 941. Yeah, just, okay, just well... Well, yeah, we'll work on it. Uh, we're sorry about that. Um, so, um, yeah, we can talk about all of that stuff. 
on the show. And, and if you've seen that that Bikram Yoga Netflix show, uh, you know, let us text us 56690 or give us a call 303-713-8585. Uh, big fight over the weekend, the, the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. Fury in an upset win, TKO. Seventh round, Fury dominated. I didn't watch it, just read about it. Fury dominated him in the fight, knocked him down a couple times. One of the knockdowns, I think the first knockdown, they said they busted his eardrum, uh, which would make, I think, pretty hard to fight after that. Yeah, it looked like it affected him the rest of the fight after that. He had no balance at yeah, you're all. Every time he got right. knocked, he was way, you know, struggling to stand up around the around the ring. It was domination the entire time. So you watched it? Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he thoroughly beat him the entire fight. Yeah, what did it cost? It was $80 on paper. That's what I thought it was going to yeah. be. So the, a couple buddies and I split the cost. So when did the fight actually start around 10 o'clock at night? Yeah, I think it was a little before 10, the actual, the, mm. the main fight started. The main card started at about 7. So it was long. It was good fights. I, have, I hadn't watched a boxing, you know, card like that in a long time, and I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah, I haven't either just because there have been so many bad ones. I got burned so many times. But I, I, I guess I wished I would have seen that. It's always good to see an upset like that. And Tyson Fury is such a colorful character. Uh, there was uh, uh, one point in the fight when he licked the blood off of Deontay Wilder's shoulder. They were in a clinch. At least it looked like that's what he did. You know, there's some some people said, no, he was sticking his tongue out at someone in the crowd. I don't know. It, but it doesn't or look maybe like he just, actually licked it. It looks like he was like sticking on his tongue. Maybe just blood. playing around. Right. No, but it looked like he was definitely doing it on purpose as the blood was trickling down. It did, yeah. yeah. Like it was coming was... out of his ear. Yeah, it was. Uh. that was pretty disgusting. But Tyson Fury's a crazy dude. After the fight, he grabs the, uh, the microphone in the ring and sings American Pie. And I'm not talking just for a second. He sings like for like three minutes. And the crowd starts singing uh, along with him. Why? Why is that? What's that I, all I about? guess that's one of his does? things, yeah. Do you know that Tyson Fury was named after Mike Tyson? No, but that does make sense. Did you see Mike Tyson's reaction afterwards? No, what did he, he say? He was pumped. I didn't, was I didn't see any quotes from him, but he, there was a video of him after Fury won huh. standing up in the crowd and cheering for Tyson Fury. Yeah, his dad was a big Tyson fan, and at the time that Tyson was born, his Mike Tyson was undefeated world champion so his dad oh. named him after mike tyson yeah he's an interesting dude uh his nickname's the gypsy king he apparently is a gypsy yes uh irish gypsy that's where that irish travelers yes they call him and that's that's his heritage but he was born in england and he couldn't get dual citizenship because his father gypsies are not recorded in the day that his father was born in ireland huh. so yeah that's interesting background as well I don't know a whole lot about that. Yeah, I was just reading about him today, just in that he was three months premature. As a baby? Yeah. And weighed a pound at birth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, what is going on here? Construction Joe, what's up? What's up, Ricky? How you doing, man? All right, so I'm doing good. Driving. I'm driving. Not stuck in traffic because I'm driving way up north. So usually when I call you guys, I'm stuck in traffic. Okay. But, uh, so I'm a big boxing fan and MMA fan. I, I watch all the big ones, you know. And uh, one of the press conferences, uh, he was. You guys were talking about licking the blood off his shoulder. Yeah. And he was saying how he wanted to beat him up real bad, and he wanted to taste the blood of him oh. and stuff like that. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a 
doing it to showboat or anything. He was doing it because he said that he wanted to taste the blood of Deontay Wilder. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, that's, that clarify. makes sense. And he did it. But, At dude, least it looked like he did. Yeah, and and, he, and I, I read an article um, saying how he donated his winnings to help homeless people. I thought that was pretty cool. Good for him, yeah. Like $9 million bucks or something. Yeah, he's had a lot of uh, health issues or mental health issues that he's been very open yeah. about. Over the years. Thanks, Construction Joe. Uh, all right, we'll get a break here. Uh, there's some people scrambling outside the door here like they want to get in and take a look at something here. Is it the microphone or I don't know what's up, but we don't know. We'll figure it out here. Uh, Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee here with you. KOA. Now, Logan and Lewis. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. Sponsored by the law offices of Dan Kaplis on KOA, the voice of Colorado. A long, long time ago. I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance This is Tyson Fury after the fight (laughs) Sounds pretty good No, that's Don McLean, obviously But he did sing, Tyson Fury did sing almost three minutes of this song in the ring After the fight And the crowd sang along with him Pretty cool 938, Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee here. Was that the biggest song Don McLean ever wrote? Yes. And he made $50 million off of that song. At least. Uh, looks like that's the only song in the system that we have by him. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, that, that's about it. That other song he had, he had a, a good song called Vincent, about Vincent Van Gogh. And that, actually that was a go, really cool song. And it said it did go to number one in 1971. What song? Vincent. Vincent did. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Vincent was also a number one song. Yes. Yeah, I like Vincent a lot. I like it better than the um, American Pie song. Um, but yeah, so we had a couple hits. American Pie being the biggest. That American Pie, you still hear it on the radio all the time today. Everybody still sings. Yep. It. Oh, by the way, uh, if we're having some sort of uh, issue with the with the signal, it looks like if you switch over to FM, 94.1 FM, uh, there's no problem on the FM side. That's what we're getting on the text line anyway. Vincent. Cool song. So, yeah, switch over to 94.1 and see if that helps. A friend of mine actually texted me some audio of him listening to the radio up in northern Colorado, listening to the show. And, yeah, it's bad, like really bad, like unlistenable bad. And that's what we're getting all on the text line. People can't listen. So try it on FM. And as Dragon said earlier, go to KOAColorado.com, click on Listen Live, and you can listen there. Or the iHeart app. Or the iHeart app. iHeart app. Uh, that's another thing we're getting on the text line on the iHeart app that no problem. It's it's coming in clear, no interruptions. I want to talk a little bit about uh, social media haters. It's kind of a fascinating thing that people just thrive on hating people on social media. It's like their thing. And I, I, the reason I, it, it got my attention today, uh, Jake Plummer, former Broncos quarterback, 
got some hate on social media for literally nothing. There, there's a thing they do at the uh, Arizona State basketball games called the Curtain of Distraction. And it's a really cool tradition they have there where the, when the other team is shooting a free throw, behind the, the backboard, the students have this curtain that they, they pull it apart and then somebody will jump out and just do something stupid. To distract the other team. To distract the other team. It's called the Curtain of Distraction. What a game this weekend, Jake Plummer was a part of the curtain of distraction. As you know, Jake Plummer uh, played at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. He's a legend, total legend at Arizona State. And so um, there's a, a little video of him um, jumping out of the curtain of distraction at the basketball game. And so somebody comments on it. Did he throw an interception and lose a Rose Bowl in AFC Championship game two? Like, really? Come on, man. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Seriously. Yeah. And here's Jake's reply. Jake replies to this guy. By the way, the guy, of course, doesn't use his name, picture, nothing, right? He's just an anonymous guy. Jake's reply is, I did, but I was in both of those games, and you were where? <laughs> Probably on the couch, watching and eating wings and doing nothing but being a negative a-hole. <laughs> did the guy reply to Jake? No. Good for him. Yeah, good for you, Jake. But what is it? What what makes people do this? Yeah. I'm I'm a kind of fascinated with it. Like, does it make them feel better? Are they jealous? I mean, I could see, you know, maybe this guy doesn't like Jake for some reason. Although when you look at his Twitter page, there's a Broncos logo, so he is a Broncos fan. It looks like a Diamondbacks logo, so he probably is an Arizona guy, and he's got a U of A hat. So he doesn't like Arizona. So he doesn't like ASU, but he does like the Broncos. Okay, well, there's that. But does this make this guy feel better? Does it make his day to dish out hate like that? Yes. It gave gave him a voice. Social media gave him a voice where we never – anybody who – before never had it, right? I mean, now social media, you can criticize anything. Uh, yeah. Anyone, anything. And so now it gives people a voice who can hide behind a avatar and say whatever they want. You're right. So he's these these people, these haters, they got a platform mm-hmm. and they can be anonymous. You know, some will use their name and their their real photo, but a lot of them don't. And so they can just anonymously hide behind uh, these really nasty tweets and comments that they put on social media. And so I, it just makes me wonder if they feel better. Like, are these people, like, miserable people, really unhappy, and they see somebody who's been successful like Jake Plummer, and so they got to point out an interception that he threw in the Rose Bowl? And why is this guy having to... Go all the way back to that. Really? I, I mean, come on. I know, right? And here's Jake just having I, fun at a basketball that, like, game. Twenty years ago. Yeah, Jake supporting his, you know, his, his alma mater, mm-hmm. having fun. He's just having fun. You know, he's being goofy at a basketball game, and then these guys, someone has to jump on it, some hater. And you see it all the time, and maybe it makes them feel better that you feel bad. I guess. I'm, I'm thinking it probably does. Somehow it makes them feel better, like they're having a bad day or something. And So they want you to have a bad day. Like, oh, there's Jake Plummer. Oh, he's having fun. 
I'm going to take a shot at Jake. I guess that's what it is. I don't know, maybe somehow this makes them feel better about their life. And it happens a lot to anybody that's in the public eye. Anybody that that people know, it happens, it happens to us, happens to athletes, people on TV, actors, anybody that anybody knows, really. Yes. Yeah, people, you notice they, they don't take shots at people nobody knows. They take shots at at people that people have heard of. And so somehow they must feel like that by by trying to drag them down, it pulls them up somehow. That's kind of a weird phenomenon to me. I guess I just don't get it. Oh, I don't either. I, I just, it's because really everybody has an opinion of something, right? I mean, there are shows you like, shows you don't like, people you like, people you don't like. Most people don't. They just like, whatever. You know, I don't really care for that show. I'm not going to comment on it. But then you have people who... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Really want you to know that they hate that show or they hate that politician or they hate that actor or actress for what they stand for. I mean, it's just such a weird thing. Yeah, but what what is there to hate about Jake Plummer? Nothing. I mean, he's been out of the game for a long time now. He was uh, a successful, very successful athlete. Not only college, but in the NFL. I mean, and he seems like a really likable guy. I, don't, I just don't get it. What is there not to like about? I get it, I guess, with some politicians. You know, you disagree with them politically, so you lash out at them any chance you get. Okay. But what's Jake Plummer doing? Yeah. <laughs> what has he done? What has he done to hurt anybody? Yeah, they lost the AFC Championship game. Okay. But you're going to Was it like 15 hate. years ago? Yeah. You're going to send hate because of that? <laughs> yeah, right. And so I, I do like Jake's response to it. Uh, and we get it here. Like I said, we, you know, we get it as well. I tend to ignore it. You have to. You know, I, I think if you give them, the more power you give the haters, it's the, the worse for you. Well, you don't want to put fuel on the fire. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to throw gasoline yeah. on, on a, a little spark. 
You know, and I think they're like, that, oh, I got you. I made you feel bad. I made you, yeah. you know, hate me. I think that's what they're hoping for is that you'll respond. See, that's a whole part of the dynamic. I think they're hoping you will respond to their hate. And then they're like, oh, I got Jake Plummer's attention. That makes me, I'm, I'm, that raises my profile up. That's pulling me up to his level. Jake Plummer noticed me. And so that's why a lot of times I think a lot of celebrities will just ignore it. Like, why even bother? And, you know, uh, President Trump, who's very active on Twitter, responds to everything. I, you know, I don't get that. Yeah. I don't understand it. You're the president of the United States. Got to rise above. Maybe, yeah, just try to stay above the fray. But no, he'll get, he'll get right down there and respond. And so that just throws more fuel, more gasoline on that fire and keeps it burning strong. There was a story a couple days ago about Billie Eilish quit reading her Instagram after she won her five Grammys a couple weeks ago because it was ruining her life, she said. Just trolls coming after her left and right with negative comments. Yeah. So she just turned it off. You you, you do see big celebrities kind of go off and on social media. Like they'll delete their account for a while and then maybe come back. Like they can't, they just can't, probably can't take it anymore. Or just... I, I guess maybe just trying to avoid it, avoid the the hate, the negativity, the darkness, as best as you can. And when you're on social media, Twitter in particular, I think Twitter's the nastiest of all of them. Although I'm not on all of them, I'm I'm, I'm only on Twitter and Instagram. But Instagram much more friendly on Instagram. I don't know what Facebook is like. You're on Facebook. Yeah, I. I don't think there's a lot of hate on Facebook. I haven't gotten a lot of hate on Facebook. I think Twitter is the one that seems to be the one with most hate. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Twitter's the really it's it's the front lines. I think because on also on Facebook you have to accept somebody's friend request. Or Twitter, so anybody mm. can follow you, right? Anybody can Well you join can block in. people on Twitter as well. No, but I'm saying that to actually if they have you have to accept their friend request uh. on Facebook. Okay. So you could just say no to that. If you know somebody requests a friendship with you, could just say no. Okay. But, oh, but, but I think Twitter's just open, right? I mean, like you can just start following somebody yeah, right away. Right. Oh, by the way, we're getting texts that it looks like things got fixed. Thank you, Dragon and Grant. Great job. You're welcome. You we guys put did a new a hamster fantastic in the wheel. Fantastic job. Did did anybody even come in? No, like I said, we found a new hamster. We threw did. him in the okay, wheel, good. and I think we're good. Yeah, we're getting uh, text now from uh, all over saying that it's clear now. All right, so we cleaned that up, thankfully. Uh, text line number, by the way, 56690. Phone number 303-713-8585. I hosted a uh, movie premiere over the weekend, Kathy Lee. I, I narrated a uh, documentary film called Tale of the Dog. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it a little bit. It's about the family dog rock club yeah. that was here in Denver. So the movie premiered this weekend? Movie premiered at DU on Saturday, and I emceed it. Oh, nice. And and watched the film for the first time on the big screen. Turned out really, really good. Nice. It got a, a good response. It was a, a packed theater, very responsive audience. Like, they were laughing and clapping and that kind of thing. And uh, I, I think the, the producers who made that on a shoestring budget, like a lot of independent films, mm-hmm. should be very, very proud of it. They're going to have a premiere for it at the Mayan Theater. I think it's May 26th where everybody can go watch it. This was just like an in, in, invitation-only thing oh, uh-huh. over the weekend. 
But you old-time uh, Denver people probably remember the family dog. It was uh, was only open for like a year, maybe a year and a half, 1967, 68. And Barry Fay uh, was a part of this, and he had teamed up with Bill Graham in the Bay Area. Well, there was a family dog in the Bay Area as well. And so Barry was able to bring in these, you know, hot rock artists to Denver that had never happened before. You know, the Grateful Dead and uh, The Doors, Canned Heat, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, people like that uh, at the at the Family Dog. And so they basically brought rock music, the rock, the whole hippie rock psychedelic music thing hit Denver, which was a real cow town back then. You, the, the difference between Denver now and 1967 is stunning in the, in the attitude of the people back then. They were afraid of hippies. They hated long hairs. They were afraid of weed. And so the cops would go to the family dog every show and basically walk around and harass the patrons. It's crazy. And follow them around in there. I didn't know that the actual building still exists, though. Yeah, what is it now? It's, PT's. Is that PT's? Yeah, on Evans. Okay. Yeah, it's All right. the, the business currently, it's, that's what this article from 2017 that Michael Roberts wrote in Westward says that it, the building still exists and is currently operating there as PT Show Club. Okay, and that was the family dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. So they had, they had to shut it down in like a year because they, they just couldn't sustain a business with the cops showing up every night and harassing patrons for for weed. And, and, and just the contrast from what Denver was then to what it is today, where we've become the, the weed empire of the country, and also with the Red Rocks Amphitheater, we've become the number one most desirable outdoor concert venue or place to see a concert in the country, maybe even in the world, at Red Rocks Amphitheater. So... In 50 years, how far this city has come. Yeah. You know, it, it really played out well in the film. Uh, and, and, a, and an interesting side story about Canned Heat, before we take the break, Canned Heat played there and got busted for weed. And they all got thrown in jail. And so they needed $10,000 to bail out five members of the band, 2000 bucks a person, which is a lot of money back then. There's a lot of money today even, but back then, that's a, that's a ton of money. So their manager calls up the, the record label and says, hey, man, we need help. Our guys are in jail. We need 10000 bucks." The guy said, I can give you the 10000 but you have to give up your publishing rights. And they had no choice. They did it. For $10,000, they gave up their publishing rights. Now, keep in mind, this was 1967 or 68. In 1969, Canned Heat was headlining, one of the headliners at Woodstock, going up the country became the theme song for Woodstock. They didn't have any hits in 1967. They had nothing. But by 1969, they had big hits. And it cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars. This song's on a Geico commercial. Yeah. They signed all of that away for 10000 bucks on a weed bust here in Denver at the Family Dog. Pretty amazing. It's a pretty pretty interesting story and how much Denver has changed. So anyway, that, that movie, uh, if you're interested, will be at the Mayan. I think it's March 26th will be the premiere. I'll tell you more about it when I, when I get some more details on that. And if you're uh, from Denver, 
Uh, you're an old-timer from Denver. You maybe lived through the 60s. I think you'll definitely want to see it. And even not, if you're a younger person and and only know Denver as the town it is today, I think you'll be pretty amazed at what a cow town Denver was in 1967. It was really off the off the beaten path, off the radar, off the map of what was happening on the coasts. And they basically brought San Francisco to Denver and really started the, the music scene today that is burgeoning today into one of the best in the country. And, of course, Red Rocks Amphitheater. Uh, well, let me get a break here. We threw a lot of things out there. Hopefully we got our signal cleaned up. And you can text us, call us, 303-713-8585. Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee here with you. It's KOA. This is Logan and Lewis. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. Sponsored by the law offices of Dan Kaplis. On KOA. 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. Hate me, hate me, still trying to replace me. Chase me, chase me, tell me how you hate me. Raise me, raise me, wish you never dated me. Lies, tell me lies, baby, tell me how you hate me. I bet you don't kiss her with your eyes closed. Okay, good morning. We're back here on KOA, and welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. 10.06, got some clouds out there. Snowing up in uh, northern Colorado. I don't know if we're going to get any of that here. I think we're supposed to get some snow. Trying to break that February record, but I think we're going to come up short. I don't think we're going to get any today. Doesn't feel like we're going to break it. But we thought... We had heard, I guess, that it was up north this morning. Yes. Yep. Is there anything as I, an individual, can do to help break that snow record? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I mean, if we all just um, team together, what? Yep. I mean, what we got to be able do? to do something. Yeah. There's got to be something if we I, all team together. I right? want to break that record. Uh, let me. I'll let you know if I think of something. <laughs> no, I appreciate Dragon. that. Yeah. Uh, we have Maury uh, calling in. What's up, Maury? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Just on the way to work from one job to another. Good for you. I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the music and the way it used to be in Denver before you were talking about Candy Heat and that group. Yes. In the early 60s, Denver was a hot, hot jazz scene. There was, uh, it was the only place, or it was the place between both coasts. People would go back and forth and they would stop in Denver. You would see... Uh, there was a, uh, a cadre of really good jazz musicians and singers. Uh, if you went from, if you were at First Avenue, on First Avenue at Spear Boulevard and went east on First, by the time you got to Colorado, you passed eight or ten jazz clubs, supper clubs. No kidding. It was going okay. on. It was happening. Interesting. And there was a guy, I'm gonna, not going to bring names because it's all ancient history. But the guy that stiffed a couple of uh, better-known jazz musicians. And the word got out, and we became a flyover zone. There's still a few people left around, you know, that that were just beginning to get active at that time. You know, Ellen and Dave Rucker still around, Johnny Janik still around. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Ray Iverson that had, oh, he used to run the Senate, and then uh, Senate Lounge, and then he built uh, the Thunderbird and the Robin's Nest. Uh, and he passed away here about, I don't know, eight, ten years ago. Uh, Ray knew a lot of people in the jazz music business. And it it was there was a dearth, and you're right. It, it took until the late 60s before any kind of music nationally 
recognized came back. And it was sad. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to make my living as a jazz singer, and I realized <laughs> I didn't quite have the right instrument. You know? <laughs> well, you know what? So, um, uh, musicians getting stiffed by club owners, that, that's a tradition that goes back forever. Uh, it happens yeah. all the time. And, in fact, this documentary, yeah. uh, they pointed out that Chuck Berry played at the Family Dog, and Chuck refused to go on stage until he got cash. And he said, "That's what that's that's this is what I always do." And this was 1967, so Chuck had already been burned so many times that he wasn't even going uh, to go on stage until they paid him cash. And right. he knew right. better. Mm. Yeah, this was a promoter lipstick. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hasn't El Chapultepec, though, been around since the 30s? El Chapultepec? Uh-huh, the jazz club. Yeah, it looks oh, like... it's been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So... Been there a long time, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, Maury. I, it's funny, I, I would never picture Denver as a jazz Mm-mm. town. I would think country. I would have thought this was a kind In of a day? country place. But then you have places, I mean, like, you've been to El Chapultepec, right? They have great jazz Yeah, they there. do. Uh-huh. That's a great venue to see jazz. Yeah. I took yeah. a history of jazz college, uh, I mean, history of jazz in college, and that's where we'd go to once a week. We'd go down with our professor, Willie. Cool. And go down to El Chapultepec. That's the kind of class I like. That's cool. Uh, uh, some text. We were talking earlier about uh, all the hate on social media. Texter said it's called the outrage culture. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, here's a guy, uh, Rick, love Jake the Snake, have been off all social media since 2010 for that mindless hate. It's people who hate their sad little lives and feel temporary elevated taking shots at a successful person in public. Like we were talking about Jake mm-hmm. Plummer last hour. Haven't missed social media for a second. Yeah, I get it. I get it. When I go on vacation, I try to stay off it if I can. I try not to watch TV either. <laughs> I try to stay off media. And social media, you're basically, when, whenever you open up Twitter, you're dipping into a cesspool. You just know it. I know, which is funny because you like Twitter. 
like you always go to Twitter, which I only open up Twitter maybe once a week. Yeah. But well, I, there, not that there's in, there's good things on Twitter. Oh yeah, but a there, lot of good information. But I would say that Twitter has the most negative of all the social media platforms. Absolutely. And Twitter's good for like if you follow various news agencies, which I do. Yeah. Especially during football season. During football season, all of these football people that I follow, you really can, you know, keep up on the game and the team and. You know, especially during Bronco season when I, I have to be right on top of all the game prep and all that. Twitter is very helpful. Well, but you're also dipping into a cesspool of hate when you're doing it. Well, just how it is. You can observe. I like I'm more of an observer on Twitter, right? I mean, where I just look at news and yeah. stuff that goes through. I don't ever really post on Twitter. No, I'm you more, don't. I'm more of an Instagram poster. True. Yeah. Because I feel like Instagram are stories about, you know, there's pictures, there's videos. More positive. And you put your family on Instagram a lot, and I'm afraid to do that uh, just to protect them. They're not public people. You know, know, I don't feel right putting my grandkids on there. I mean, I would love to, mm -hmm. but there's so much hate on there. It's like I'm dipping them into the cesspool. I'm going to tell you, Rick, on Instagram, I've gotten zero hate on my family. Zero, not even one negative comment. Now, if I posted it on Twitter, that could be a whole different. Could be different, I guess. Yeah. And then I w- if that happened, like if I posted a picture of my granddaughter and somebody made some nasty comment, that would really anger me. Of course it would. And then I would, I don't know what I would do. I would be very, very angry. And so I don't want to put myself in that position so I don't do it. You know, people ask me all the time, hey, you know, how's Ruby doing? How's Avery doing? You know, you never, I never see anything. You never mm-hmm. post anything. I'm doing that on purpose. You know, my, my kids wouldn't mind. You know, I would ask them for permission first mm-hmm. if I could put, post a picture. And they'd say, yeah, no problem, because they do. Yeah. But um, to me, you know, I don't want to dip them into that cesspool just to, I don't know, it just feels dirty to me. I don't know. I like it when celebrities post pictures of their families. Right. Because it makes them real. Right. It makes them, oh, I'm just not promoting products. I'm, you know, here's a picture of me and my kids going to dinner or here that's what i like to Mm -hmm. see you know so i think it makes you more real when you post things more personal Mm -hmm. than just oh i agree i agree with you you know i know that you like to post motorcycle rides and stuff but it makes you real seeing like when you post a picture of your mom right you know yeah which i did i did recently and people loved it people loved it right Yeah. so i think that you should post more things about your family because i think it then people get to know you as a person yeah not just the radio personality so you make a good point Make a good point. Norman from Denver. Hi. Are we, is that, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Norman? Uh, I just wanted to kind of clear things up where jazz really started here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, jazz started on the fire point. They used to yeah. have a club called the Rossonia and was just getting ready to be re- reopened again, and they had the casino. And they had people like Billy Holiday, Count Basie, Duke Ellington, you name it. They came. They would play in some of the places downtown and stuff. And then afterwards, they would have sets that would be in the Rossonian. They would have sets that would be in the uh, the casino. And they also went to the Voters Club. And then they would also go down to El Chapultepec. But jazz really started in Denver right down on the fire points uh, as far as where you could actually see a great jazz artist and it didn't cost you a whole bunch of money because most of the people that lived in the community couldn't go to these big fancy clubs and stuff. There's still a, and they're 
There's still a venue, though, in the Five Points, right? Ma'am? Yeah, is there still a venue that you could see music in the Five Points? Right, that's what I was going to say, okay. and it's like a little commercial, but I'm going to say it anyway. My son is running a thing, and every first Friday of the month is free jazz down on the fire points. You can come, the jazz is free, and it's to help the the the, the, the businesses down on the fire points, and they do this every first Friday of the month cool. down on the jazz fire points. And they also have, you know, the... Uh, Five Points Jazz Festival in May. So jazz is becoming big again in the Five Points neighborhood. Yeah, and, and I totally believe you, uh, Norman. And, and when our last caller called in um, and, and said that there were jazz clubs everywhere, I, I would have associated jazz being in Five Points, and that mm-hmm. would have been uh, where it started here in Denver and still still probably thrives in Denver. I associate jazz more with the black community uh, and and Five Points historically has been uh, a thriving black community in Denver for how long? How long has Five Points been around? Oh, my my dad came here in nineteen right after the war, and and the, the jazz was was the biggest thing that was going. All the army guys that were uh, stationed in in Fort Carson or either in Buckley every Friday night, they would get together, put on their uniforms and stuff. That's how you met my wife, my mom, and they would all come down to the casino or the voters club or the Rossonia, and that's where the jazz really began. It was in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, they yeah. also had a lot of blues that was mixed up in the, with the jazz at that time. It was jazz and blues. You know, that was kind of our uh, heritage type music at at during that era. In the 30s, 40s, and 50s, that's before we got into a lot of R&B and stuff like that. But the jazz was really big down on the five points in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. I mean, you couldn't name any big-time jazz person. Like I say, Billie Holiday used to play every year hmm. at the Rock <laughs> All right That'd on, Norman. Awesome. Hey, thanks for calling in. Sure. All right, man. I saw Stanley Turrentine, the since-deceased sax player, in five points with Reggie McDaniel. Oh, really? Was also passed on as well. Yeah, That's Reggie what, and I went to see him together. What's the club? Cervantes is what I was thinking of. Uh, I'm not sure what the club was called at the time. This was maybe, this is probably 20 years ago. But Cervantes is down there, right? That's the club yes, down there. Cervantes okay. is a stone pipe. Yeah. yeah. But they're more like a, they do a mixture of jam band. Yeah, I think kinda. they do a mixture of all different mm-hmm. types yeah, of music. It's a really cool place. Very cool. Al from Arvada. What's up, Al? Hey, good morning, you guys. How are you? Good morning. Good. Kathy. Hi. Hey, I, you know, the last caller that you had just stole my thunder because I was going to bring up the Rossonian in five points. <clears throat> now, I heard this, and I'm not sh- too sure how factual it is, but that a group of wealthy people have and are going to bring it up to full boil again. Good. Hmm. Have, have you heard that? No, I haven't, but that'd be great. It'd be great oh, for the culture. would be wonderful? Yes, be great for the city. Bring some of the the outstanding jazz players, companies, whatever, back into. I Denver. totally agree. Yeah, jazz oh, is. I think that would be a wonderful thing. I w- I hope they do it. Yeah, me too, Al. Thank you. Jazz is uh, it's it's a real niche style of music, but it's still around. And uh, with that niche, man, that's all they listen to. You know, that's that's it's still a thing. Not as big as it once was. Obviously, they have what they call the 
like jazz festivals in Aspen where they don't have any jazz musicians at all. They're like pop and, and R&B stars. I'm pretty sure Dave Matthews' band was the headline. I think probably that, like recently. Dave Matthews, right. I mean, it's kind of stupid. Why call it a, the Aspen Jazz Festival when you don't have any jazz artist on it? I mean, if you're lucky, maybe you get like a George Benson or somebody like that. But for the most part, they're like, like I don't know. How, how do they? I think Stevie Nicks is head of it this year. Stevie Nicks. Okay, and there you go, right? Church. I mean, nothing against Stevie Nicks, but jazz, really? Yeah, well, false advertising. They always put a country band, you know, like Maroon Five's done it, Sting has done it. They always do like huh. so, but I don't know. But I think the money goes to the Jazz Foundation. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's different then. I think that's what it's about. But you know, there are some really good jazz artists out there still mm-hmm. that you could you could hire and bring in. You know, big and down in New Orleans. That's when. That's what I think probably still the the epicenter of jazz music. That's when I think of jazz. Yeah. Right. Um, but there are still some big guys doing it. George Benson is still out there, and he's he crossed over from the jazz world into the, the pop and R&B world a long time ago in the late 70s, but at least he's connected to the jazz world. And George is getting a little, uh, little older, but uh, he's still touring. He's still out there doing what he does, I, I, and a lot of people love him too. There's a lot of jazz, jazz festivals around the country. Yes. And I don't know. With no jazz musicians. Yes. <laughs> it's also weird. It's very, very weird to me. Uh, yeah, that's cool. So five points. And, and remember, did you uh, did you go to lunch with me and Wax with Buddy Miles? No. Okay. Is that before you? Mm-hmm. Buddy Miles, the, the great drummer, played drums for uh, Jimi Hendrix. He was Jimmy's drummer. Uh, in one of the Jimi Hendrix experience or one of the bands that he had at the time. And then, of course, had a solo career. Well, he was coming through Denver, and I had him on my uh, morning show, and he wanted some some barbecue, so we took him to M&D's in Five Points and had lunch with Buddy Miles, which was really a cool, cool, cool memory. Buddy was in poor health at the time, wasn't getting around very good, didn't live very long. He might have passed away within a year or two after that, but it's a great memory of having lunch with him in five points. Is M&D still around? Mm, is that still know. there? I don't think it is. I think somebody told me they they either closed or moved or did something. It's been a while since I've been there. But that was a, that was a, a good stop in the hood. So, yeah, let us know if M&D's is still around. I'm trying to see if that Rossonian hotel is. I think it looks like someone's trying to redo it. Yeah, um, Texas 56690. Or you can call us, 303-713-8585. We're getting a lot of text about the five points, big jazz clubs starting in the early part of the 20th century. Yeah, so that Rossonian Hotel was built in 1912, and that's where all the ah. jazz musicians played. And it looks like they said Duke Ellington played there, Lionel Hampton. It said it was the only Dem- only hotel in Denver where blacks could stay from the 20s to the 1950s was in that hotel. Really? Yes. It says oh, wow. Billie Holiday. To when? When did that stop? 60s? The 50s. This is still the 1950s. Okay. And it looks like it's going to be Chauncey Billups restaurant. There's going to be hotel rooms. There's going to be a fourth floor lounge and a large jazz venue in the lower level. No, that'd be great. 
This looks like what they're going to try to do there. You mentioned Duke Ellington. I've got a friend who is Duke's. Duke was his uncle. His name is Doug Ellington. He's also a very talented trumpet player. Somebody texted me or texted. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, uh, our text line asking me about Molokai. I met Doug Ellington on Molokai. He's got a, he's got a little place over there. And I uh, got a chance to get to know him and hang out with him. Great dude. I w- I've been talking about wanting to bring him in to play a gig with my band sometime, just kind of sit in on the trumpet. That'd just be a cool. Co- just a cool cat, and you know he's got he's got royalty, music royalty, in his DNA. That's cool. Duke Ellington. Yeah, is his uncle. That's that's just really really cool. Let me uh, let me talk real quick to Tim before we get our break here about M and D's. Tim in Westminster. What's up, Tim? Hey, hey, how you doing, that big guy? Hey, what's up? Yeah, from uh, past, they've been gone for uh, several years now. Uh, after the parents died, uh, the family took over, and they just didn't make it. You remember they had a problem with the city loan that they received, and somehow, the, uh, as the story goes, the money was squandered, wasn't uh, that was properly, and they had to close down. Okay. So no more. They, they're, 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 M&Ds. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about M&Ds. Yeah, yeah, no more M&Ds. And one more thing on the subject. I was in Hawaii a couple of years ago, and I ran into a guy on the bus named Mike Dolan. He said, if I ever get a chance to speak with you, tell him, uh, he said, hello. He said, you should remember him. Oh, you're kidding uh, me. The old days. Yes, yes. Uh, I was on the bus with this guy. <laughs> I got to put you on hold. I gotta, we got to get a break here. Don't go away. I want to talk to you off the air. All right. I went to high school with him. It's funny. <laughs> yes, yes. Back in Naperville. Wow. All right, man. Hang on. Hang on. It's uh, 1025. We'll be back with more. Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee here with you. KOA. Now, Logan and Lewis. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee, sponsored by the law offices of Dan Kaplis on KOA, the voice of Colorado. Okay, we're back here on KOA. Little Miles Davis. Talking about the jazz scene in Denver, especially back in the day. It's 1038. 
Rick Lewis with Kathy Lee here. Dave is not here. I'll just throw that out there right now. Uh, Dave not Dave's here. Dave's not here. He's on assignment for the next two weeks. So it'll be me and Kathy. We're talking about all kinds of stuff here this morning. And uh, if you want to chime in, 56690. A guy on the uh, text line says, Since 1990, 1035 shock jocks help promote disrespect for fellow humans, hence part of the social climate. He's either a fan or he, and he's joking or he's taking a shot at me. I can't tell which. Total fan. I think so if he's been listening for this long. Yeah, so so he's probably joking. If not, why would he be listening now, right? Exactly. Is that how you take it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of funny then. I get it. Um, and then, of course, uh, M&Ds. Yeah, M&Ds, we found out, closed in 2012. And we're talking about all kinds of stuff. By the way, Harvey Weinstein found guilty on two counts. Looks like they uh, he was found guilty of a felony sex crime and rape. Six women testified that he had sexually assaulted them, but the jury acquitted him of the top two charges against him. Uh, predatory sexual assault. And they're waiting on a sentencing to see what that's all about. Earlier, we were talking about this guy Bikram, the yoga guy. Everybody's heard of Bikram Yoga? Well, that's a guy. That's his name. That's his first name. He's from India and created an empire here, starting in Beverly Hills, California, that's gone international. Made a ton of money. There's a documentary about him on Netflix that I thought was really fascinating and disturbing. Yeah, I was just reading about him, too, because I didn't know anything about him. I didn't realize Bikram was named after a guy. Me neither. But he has been accused uh, by several women of rape and sexual assault. And uh, and they looked up to him as like a guru. They called him my guru. You know, he was a kind of a cult figure. Almost seemed like he could almost brainwash people to some extent. Where these women kind of went along with a lot of the stuff that he was doing. And now some of them have come forward. And he, he actually went to a, a civil trial and lost in, I want to say, 2000, well, maybe about five years ago, five or six years ago, and then left the country. Didn't pay anybody. Settled a couple of lawsuits, left the country, and now he's reportedly in Mexico where he's still conducting his, his clinics and seminars. He trains instructors he's basically training yoga instructors in the Bikram yoga and if you don't play his game you're not going to be able to open one of these up so people it sounded like watching the the video it looked like people just went along with a lot of bad behavior from him because they they wanted a career it it, it's crazy and it yeah. talks about the celebrities he worked with Madonna Lady Gaga David Beckham and it says I mean it says that he's taught U.S. President's yoga. That's what he said. They disputed that in the uh, documentary. He he claims he cured Richard Nixon of some pretty serious leg ailments. And so Nixon gave him citizenship and a green card and all that. And mm. they said they can find no evidence of that. Yeah, because he also claims that he taught Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton. There are pictures of him and Bill Clinton together. Uh, I, they did show those. So... But no pictures of him and Nixon, I don't think. Hmm. But, yo, and he was a 
he is. He's a big deal still internationally. And they went back to India, where he's from, and talked to people back there, and they basically said he's a fraud. You know, he's a con man. Because he stole it from somebody else or something? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that he's not who he says he is. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk to Jan in Denver. Hi, Jan. Hey, Rick. Uh, I just love you and Kathy, and I've been listening to you guys' show for years. I miss you in the afternoon, and it's rare I get to you in the morning. Well, thank you, Jan. Appreciate that. I just had to call in and say, you're breaking my heart now. Do you not know that one of the top 100 jazz clubs in the world is sitting in downtown Denver? And is that El, El Chapultepec? No, 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 no. It's Dazzle Jazz, and it's been rated that huh. in Downbeat uh, Magazine for some time. I, really? Yes. On, <laughs> yes, ma'am. I've, uh, heard of, I've, I've actually heard of a lot of people who go down there, and they say it's awesome. Yeah, it's 15th and Curtis, and guys, uh, the best jazz musicians in the world tour through there all the time. You got jazz Tuesday through Sunday. It's it's some of the greatest music uh, that you'll ever hear, and and this town really has become home for some great jazz musicians. There's, I'm thinking, uh, oh Eric Gunnison, who toured and recorded with Carmen McBray for years, is here. Uh, pianist teaching at DU, uh, Doug Roche, who toured with. Uh, the Letterman for six or seven years. Uh, Ron Bland, who's on bass and has played with anybody famous in the world. Um, uh, Mark Diamond, Mark Simon. I, you can list out a number of people. Jeff Jenkins, that are fabulous, fabulous musicians who live and play here, as well as tour. So I just got to say, for <laughs> for those people out there who really want to love that music, man, find Dazzle Jazz. Really? Okay. Is there a place called Jazz at Jacks too? Yeah, they're, they're, uh, that's downtown and um, uh, has been, but uh, and, and also has some really great musicians. I don't mean to put that down at all because I've been there and love that too, but I'm just really impressed with what Donald Rose has done with Dazzle Jazz. He's really made it, put it on the map worldwide. I, I was in Australia a couple of years ago and had people talking about Dazzle Jazz to me down there. Very cool, Jan. Are you a musician or just a fan? I'm a fan. I just okay. love it. Yeah, Ron Miles is another one. Uh, yep, from here, that. yep. So uh, thanks, guys. Thank you, really, Jan. really enjoy the show. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Jan. We appreciate you. Yeah, Ron Miles used to play with Ginger Baker okay. when Ginger had his jazz trio. Ron Miles was in, in that together. By the way, Ginger Baker, who passed away recently, they just had a big, like, tribute concert to him in England that a lot of big rock stars huh. turned out for and played at. A lot of love for Ginger, which always seems to happen after you're gone. Which is kind of interesting because Ginger seemed very bitter and mean. Yeah, he, he wasn't very nice to many people. But like I said, it, once you're gone, then people, people, tend love to, you. people tend to forget about that. Mm. And they love him. They love the music that he made, obviously. He was a game changer uh, behind the drum kit. There's no doubt about that. So uh, also, uh, Grant just found this article about why some parents do and don't post photos of their kids online. Kathy and I were talking about that earlier. Kathy's got a new baby, really, really cute, very photogenic, and and she posts a picture, I think, almost every day. Yeah, at least a couple times a week, I like to post pictures of her. Yeah, but apparently uh, there's a lot of people, a, a big percentage, according to a survey by McAfee, um, nearly two-thirds of parents agree that online photos could end up in the wrong hands. Which I, I completely have thought about. And I didn't even look at it that way, honestly. But 
After reading this, that's a whole other thing. It, it, you know, but when you see pictures of kids and people post photos of little kids, and it, it actually makes you smile. And that's kind of why I do it, because it's... And then, obviously, all my friends who don't live here, who I can't send pictures out to yep. everybody I'm friends with, right, all the time, it's it's fun to post pictures and see how the babies are growing. I get it. I would love to post pictures of, of my new little grandkid babies. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it uh, for this reason. I'm just I'm cautious about it. Uh, I, I never thought of, of about, you know, putting them at risk necessarily. Uh, with the, I'm just trying to keep them out of the hate cesspool of social media. Although their parents, my daughters post all the time Yeah, on their Instagram accounts. They're not on Twitter, really. They do Facebook and mostly Instagram as well. Uh, some parents don't post photos at all due to safety concerns. It says here. Um, and then there's an issue. This is another thing I didn't even think about. You're, you're posting pictures of somebody without their consent. It's your kid. You don't even think about that. Maybe someday when your kid's an adult, they go, Mom, I mean, really? Did you have to post a picture of me every day? And <laughs> now all these pictures are out there forever. Yep. You know, those baby pictures are out there forever. That's one thing we never had. You know, when we were growing up, you know, when we were kids, you maybe get your picture taken a couple times a year. That was it. And they certainly weren't going, uh, they weren't going anywhere, right? They're going to be put in a box or in, a, in, a, oh, in a, yeah. a photo album or a scrapbook or something. But now today, everything we post on social media is out there forever. And anybody will be able to, to access it. When, you're, when your little baby is uh, an adult, adult, she can go back and look at all of her baby pictures, and she'll probably think it's cool, right? Well, yeah, and think about, so how many times have you gotten a new phone and you lose all your pictures? It's not in your cloud. You can't find yeah. them. But yet they're on your social media accounts that forever, you know, then it reminds you. I love when the social media account said, like, five years ago today, you posted this picture that your child was born. Yeah. You know, and it's right. it yeah. cool to remember those things. So the the survey found that nearly three quarters of parents only share photos of kids on private social media accounts. And so that meaning meaning you have to approve who yes. sees them, yes, who follows you. Am I right? Yes. Um, it says don't tag people or locations in photos of your children. Uh, I never and I never thought about the pedophile predator issue either. That never even crossed my mind. But this article talks about safety and concern. So I, I don't know. I guess you do it at your at your at your own risk. It is pretty scary. I had an incident with my little sister back when she was in high school. Um, she posted something on Facebook and a friend commented on it and a friend of that friend commented of it and said, Hey girl, what's your phone number? And the, the girl posted her phone number. I'm three people removed and now I have that girl's phone number. So the whole pedophile Mm. thing, I can totally see that lock down your stuff, make sure it's private and only friends can see it or even friends of friends. I mean, it's scary stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is scary. Yeah. There's a lot. There obviously is a lot of sick people out there mm-hmm. um, and and predators and pedophiles are going to look for that type of thing. Of course. Kid pictures. Um, like I said, that's I, I never thought about that because I, I want to I would love to show people pictures of my family and I just I 
I've kept them out of it. Uh, they're not in the public eye. And if they want to do it, they can go ahead and do it. But since they're not in the public eye, people that follow them are just their friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so they they don't have to worry about that so much. Do you post stuff? I do. I've got two different uh, profiles on virtually every every social media. I've got my own personal one, and then I've got the Dragon Redbeard one. And in the Dragon Redbeard one, I'm very careful. I'm My kids aren't the one that are in the media, so I don't post anything too personal about them you know if it's uh, it's a group shot of the entire music band so i can say hey mine's the one in red they're all in red so right but on my own personal one i can say yeah christopher redbeard did this and it's really cool here's his award that kind of thing but but that's private and that's locked down that only friends can see that and you have to be approved in order to see so yeah facebook is like that right i'm not on facebook but so on Facebook, it's your friends. You you have to approve everybody. That... It depends on how you set up your profile. You can set your profile up as a public figure, or you can set it up as just a regular person. As a public figure, then people like your like your profile, and then they can see what you post. You don't have to be a friend as a public figure to see those things. Okay. Yeah. That gives you something to think about. Oh, for Kathy. sure. I mean, I definitely think about it, but I also think about that I'm... I'm also very safe with my children in my personal yeah. life. You know, pictures, I mean, I guess that if you want to steal the picture, I get that part too. But I don't know. I just, you know, obviously I don't take my daughter out very often anywhere mm-hmm. in public, period. I mean, it's been almost eight months and not many people have met her. <laughs> so if you go through, say you have second thoughts about posting all those pictures, can you go through and delete them? And then are they still out there or no? Yes, you can delete them. But if somebody were to have taken a, a screenshot, screenshot and then saved it on their own stuff, then they've still got it. It's kind of like with all the, the fappening stuff happened. You know, yeah, they were out there. Mm. You can take them down. But if, you know, three, four, five people removed happened to have screenshotted it and saved it, it's still out there. And what are the chances of somebody doing that? Pretty slim. Like, why would they? Right. Of your Unless kid, I'm sure a predator of yes. some sort. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And why your kid, right? I mean, why are they going to be a predator of your kid? Yeah. And you, well, you are a public figure. Yes. You know, people, people know who you are and I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong at all. I think it's a, it's up to the parents on what they want to do. It's an individual thing. And, you know, I know that I like it when I see other people show pictures of their family and it makes me smile when I see cute kids or dogs or whatnot. So I look at it that way. I don't try to look at all the negative part of it. You know, I'm sure, I mean, there are negative parts of it, but I do it because when I see somebody else's picture of their little babies, it makes me smile. What did we do before social media to show people pictures of our babies? You had to. We just showed them pictures of our babies, babies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or your baby's there, right? Had to go get the album off the bookshelf and then take it with you. Yeah. Think about all of our pictures that we had as little kids. Like, when's the last time you actually saw pictures of yourself as a little kid? It's sitting in an album at your parents' house that you haven't seen in 40 years. Uh huh. I mean, now you could see and look back and be like, oh my gosh, look at how much they've changed between here and here. Yeah. And so that's, that's, this is a relatively new thing where you can show the world pictures of your babies. How about that guy who developed your picture of your family who took extra pictures of it and kept it for himself? That happened to me? In the day. No, I'm just saying oh. when you used to develop it pictures. It could have happened, oh, yeah, yeah. That guy, sure. You also, like, think about that oh, guy. Yeah. That guy has more of your information than anybody else because he has your address, your credit card number, and your picture. So you're talking when you had to go to a little Photoshop. kiosk, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
Those guys would, they would have an album of every every naked picture that came through there. Naked pictures, pictures of your family. They knew everything about right. you. Right. There was that one creepy movie with uh, Robin, Robin Williams, Williams yeah. right? Was it Focus or? Photo something. Photo. One hour photo. One hour photo. One, yeah. Yes, that right. So there, yeah, that's true. But think about that guy. His well, there's name. that guy, but, you know, now it's the world. It's the, there's the whole world's but out there. But they have access to everybody in the world. That guy only had access to you because he always developed your pictures. Yep. Which is pretty creepy. It is when you think back. It really but nobody is. Nobody thought about it back then. Yeah, they they that's that and that movie really creeped me out. <laughs> Robin Williams is really good at playing that type of character. Oh yeah, you never. That was his first like creepy character. Uh, Texter says they archive all the things you've posted, so it doesn't matter if you delete accounts. You already gave away your rights, hmm. so it's all archived somewhere. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Yeah, all those beard pictures you're posting, Dragon. Late at night, people can see them now. Archive forever. Beautiful. Beautiful. 10.55. Let me get a break here, and uh, we'll keep it rolling on the other side. It's uh, Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee here with you, and this is KOA. This is Logan and Lewis. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. Sponsored by the law offices of Dan Kaplis. On KOA. 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. Back here on KOA. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Dave uh, not with us today. Dave's not here. Rick and Kathy here with you. Dragon Redbeard. Grant is with us as well. Talking about a lot of things. A lot of things that happened over the weekend. The, uh, the CU buffs having their presser here any minute to introduce their new head coach, Carl Durrell. Uh, we talked about that earlier. Uh, I have not talked to Dave Logan about the new hire. I know, it, it, well, if you listen to the show the last week and a half, you you know that Dave was uh, pretty frustrated uh, about how all of this was going down with uh, the coaching search and Mel Tucker leaving, abruptly leaving, and Sarkeesian backing out at the last minute. And then the rumors that were swirling around who the new coach would be. They only named a couple people as possible coaches. Uh, Darren Chivarini, who has been up there for a long time as an assistant coach. Will Darren stay? I don't know what's up with that. Uh, There was something on social media yesterday uh, about him that people were speculating that he was very unhappy that he didn't get the job. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just social media speculation. They pointed out that he changed his Twitter profile. That I don't know. I don't follow him on Twitter. Hmm. I did look at his Twitter profile after reading that, and it just said that he was a, you know, a, a husband and father kind of thing. Didn't no reference to see you at all. So I guess maybe that's what fueled uh, that speculation. I would imagine he'll stick around and be a part of it. Carl Durrell has got a history there with Chivarini. Uh, Carl Durrell was an assistant coach there under Rick Neuheisel. He was an assistant coach for the Denver Broncos. And Mike Shanahan said some very nice things about him. Very flattering. You know, good coach and good man, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I think when you look at his resume, there's, there's really no argument there. 
that uh, he's an experienced coach. He's 56 years old, uh, big-time college football player at UCLA, head coach at UCLA for five years, so he does have head coaching experience. I don't know if he falls in the bleeds black and gold category. But so I mean, much, how many but... guys are you going to find that follow that bleed black and gold? And that's a great point, Kathy. And Dave and I talked about that on Friday. In fact, I brought it up to Dave. I said, you know, if you're going to limit it to guys that bleed black and gold, now you're talking about a really small pool. Because did Mel Tucker bleed black and gold? No, Obviously he did. Obviously not. And that's why they were saying they wanted somebody that did. Because they don't want somebody that's going to come here and leave again. But if you're going to do that, now you're you're really limiting yourself. Yeah. You know, your candidate pool goes way down for guys that have a, you know, bleed black and gold. I mean, maybe Biennemi bleeds black and gold. He would have been one of them. But, yes. I mean, he has too much in his future going on right now. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a head coach in the NFL a year from now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that was a, a smart choice by him if, if, if they even discussed it with him. I think that was a smart choice by him because he'll make big money in the NFL as a head coach. You know, big guaranteed money. I mean, does Vance Joseph even believe black and gold? Uh, Yeah, he played there. He played there, yeah. but does he really bleed it? I mean, that's the thing. Like, I would think if you played there, if that's your alma mater, I think that's a really strong and that's connection. that's what they're, they're talking about, bleeding black and gold. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, we haven't had a coach since... Uh, uh, Embry, who bled black and gold. Right, and we all remember how that worked out. The John Embry era was one of the worst couple years the Buffs have ever had. And he bled black and gold. He did, yes. And he hasn't been a head coach since. You know, he's a good assistant coach, though. And wasn't Biennemi under him that year? Yeah, Biennemi was the offensive coordinator. So Carl Durrell, for those of you that don't know, I, I, I think he's rather unknown name. Uh, he wasn't on the radar. Nobody was lumping him into the group of of, of people that uh, were being considered or that they should consider even. I never saw his name pop up. Like Dave Dave Logan, Dave's name was always in that list of five guys, right? Uh, I never saw Carl Durrell's name, hmm. which doesn't mean he's not a good pick. I, You know, I actually texted a couple players I know who played for Carl in different aspects of Carl's life of coaching, and they said, smart coach, nice guy. Good guy. Yeah. That's what everybody said. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, he was a head coach at UCLA. He took him to a bowl game every year. Uh, you only you only have to win six games to go to a bowl game, so the bar is relatively low. And other than one season, that's what he did. He won six games every year. So I think he won. He was like six and six, six and seven, six and six, six and seven, and then one year he went 10 and two. He had one really good year there. But then I believe he followed it up with two very mediocre years, and they decided to move on. Hmm. Uh, maybe he'll be great here. I think he's a pretty safe pick. That's how I would look at you it. You can't hate the pick. I think he's a pretty safe yeah. pick. No, there's nothing to hate about the pick. I don't I don't think you can be upset about it, but not a lot to be excited about maybe. I don't know if you're a Buffs fan. Tell me, tell me differently. I'd love to hear from you. Well, I can tell you this. I'm watching the uh, introductory press conference right now, and – he just got choked up talking about how happy he is to be here. He said, "This was a, a my family's talked about how we wanted to retire to Colorado when I was done coaching. Good. And how that he always dreamed that this may be a possibility and that how happy he is to be here. Good, good, good. That's, good. Good. that's, that's all good stuff yeah. right there. Yes. And that's he, good. 
And as I mentioned, he coached there once before as, as an assistant. He coached for the Broncos as an assistant. So maybe he loves Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's a California guy. Uh, he grew up in California, played college football in California. Uh, he was the assistant coach for the Miami Dolphins. And let's face it, he's getting a big raise uh, coming here, getting this job. You know, some of the numbers that, that are being thrown around uh, guaranteed making more money than he was making as an assistant coach for the Dolphins. I'd, I'd be curious to know what the new recruits coming in think. I bet they'll like him. I would think they're going to like him. I think he's a from what, everything I hear, he's a very likable guy. That's good. You know, pretty quiet guy, very understated guy, um, not flamboyant, flashy, which is kind of how you would describe the, the, the choice, the pick, the yeah. hire. Well, and you know, I don't know if you want a flamboyant, flashy kind of guy up there, Not right? really. Not necessarily. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Although Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker, there was something about him. When when he was in the room, I mean, he he made his presence felt. Now, I haven't been in a room with Carl Durrell, so I don't know if that's the case. But I can tell you, I've been in the room with the old coach, Mike McIntyre, and he didn't have that. He didn't have that quality. He didn't have that type of charisma hmm. or energy. Mel Tucker did. And I openly said, not only on the radio, but on social media, I thought Mel Tucker was the man. I thought Mel Tucker was the guy that was going to really turn this program around. You know, and, they, and they, they made some progress last year. They didn't have a winning record, but they did make some progress. Well, and they got some good recruits. And they recruited well as, yeah, they also recruited well. So, um now, you're kind of late. You know, you're getting in the game a little late here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's almost the end of February. Uh, the spring practice starts here in a week or two, a couple weeks. So it's a late start for him. Uh, so he's a little bit behind the eight ball. But he's got so much coaching experience Hopefully he can make up for that and catch up. That would be good. And I, I look forward to meeting him. Me too. You know, I've heard nothing but good things about him. And CU fans, if you want to chime in, uh, happy to hear from you either through the text line, 56690, or on the phones, 303-713-8585. And, and literally, since we started the show, we've been talking about Carl Durrell. 
We've got no phone calls and one text. So going back to my point of he he's not a guy that's going to really fire everybody up like, oh, my God, we got – are you telling me we got Carl Durrell? Like nobody's saying that. You know, and you can see that just by the reaction from the audience here. But that doesn't mean he's not going to do a great job. He's just not all that well-known. Uh-huh. But he is, according to everybody that I respect, a really good coach and a really good That's man. That's all we need. And, and yeah, let's, let's hope he can keep the momentum going that uh, Mel Tucker started. Yep. So, yeah, you can, you can throw that out there. You can contact us if you want to talk about that. Um, the uh, Kobe Bryant, Kobe and Gianna Bryant Memorial uh, Staples Center, uh, that's about to begin as well. Yeah, they said sold out. They had more than 88,000 people in the first five hours ask for tickets. Crazy. Yeah, they could have held this at the Coliseum, oh, which yeah. they talked about doing. I'm surprised they didn't hold it somewhere bigger, too. I kind of am, too. Although. But the, the Staples Center is where he played. That's where he yeah. played. I totally get that. I guess you could have done. I don't. I mean. Can people stand outside and watch? Do they have them on the big screen? I would think so. Yes, they are doing something like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. And speaking of that, a little follow-up on the pilot. Kobe's pilot had previous weather infractions. It's being reported by the uh, L.A. Times, the guy that was flying that helicopter that crashed. Um, they also they, they say that he was in trouble with the FAA back in 2015 after he entered busy airspace near uh, LAX, even though air traffic control had warned him not to. Records show he had been told to stay out of the airspace in the helicopter he was flying for a charter company um, in May of 2015 because bad weather had reduced visibility. Hmm. And it looks like Vanessa Bryant files wrongful death suit against a helicopter operator. Okay. Well, based on this, uh, that's what you would probably do. I, I don't know if you can, how, how deep are his pockets? Yeah, I don't know. She said I mean, she filed, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the company that operated the helicopter. So. Yeah. Island Express Helicopters. Maybe they've got deep pockets. That's who she sued. Possibly. Okay. So. Well, yeah, maybe that's the case. I feel so bad for her. Me too. And all the other I can't families. imagine. Yeah. Can't imagine. And I wonder, are the other families a part of this Kobe memorial? I don't think they are. Because Kobe would overshadow all of them so much. I would imagine the other families decided to have their own. I I, I heard something about the baseball coach. They were going to do something at Anaheim Stadium with him. You know, he's an Orange County guy. And, and well-known and well-liked there in Orange County. But any of those other people... You know, Kobe and Gianna would steal the spotlight uh, at at the at this memorial. So I, I wouldn't think they'd be a part of it in any way. But that's about to go on as well. And um, 88,000 in the first five hours, which makes you think they might have got a couple hundred thousand people requesting tickets. Hmm. I wonder whether they could have put it at uh, its big screen at the Coliseum and then did the overflow over there, you know, where they could broadcast it live. Oh, have people go to the Coliseum and uh-huh. watch it? Yeah, watch it's it. pretty near, you know, pretty close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Coliseum, I think, can hold like 100,000 people. 
but maybe more intimate feel at Staples. And as you mentioned, Kathy, he, he played there that was for 20 home, years. Yeah. Or did he start at the Forum? I Probably started at the Forum, and then they built the Staples. Am I right? I forget which year the Staples Center opened. But I bet, I bet his first year or two or three, maybe more, were at the fabulous Forum in L.A. I have to look that up. Look at our fact checkers back there. We got this amazing duo of human fact checkers. Opened in 1999. Yeah, and he was drafted in 96, so it would have been his first yeah. two years. First couple two, years. years. Okay. Mm-hmm. You were right. Look at our bearded fact checkers. <laughs> you guys are amazing back there. Sitting we in, try. Sitting in the dark, like just clicking away on that on that keyboard. It's just like I'm at, ha- at home playing video games. I love that, man. Yeah, don't forget to ask your wife for permission to go to Burger King. You got it. Before you get home. Grant, you're not going to believe this. Earlier uh, on, on our early show, we were talking about secrets you keep from your spouse. And you know what Dragon's was? But he tells her when he's going to Burger King. What? Like that's I'm his... not asking for permission. I'm not anything. I'm just it kinda being informative like it. that, hey, I'm going to spend some money today on lunch. That is all. But it's not like you're spending like a <laughs> big purchase. What are it's you like getting? The bucks. two for six? <laughs> two for five combo? <laughs> what are you getting over there, Dragon? <laughs> I know. It's like 10 Great, bucks you you're too? spending. How I much is a Whopper cost? Three, four bucks? Well, if you're getting a Whopper meal, you get the big drinks and the fries. You Ten get the, bucks the, max. You know, yeah, spend you're spending about you know eight to ten. Yeah. That's about right. So you have to get permission for your wife to I spend I do not get permission. Bucks. I say, this what is what just, I'm doing. So yeah, but wouldn't you just tell her that at the end of the day, by the way, I had Burger King for lunch today. Or maybe um, just never bring it up. Well, then that's 10 bucks <laughs> is gone from the account, and I have to explain that somehow or another. Okay, and I'd rather, okay. you know. Do you split every penny? Yes. What does that mean? Like, you know, because some people have separate accounts. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, my wife and I, our money's mingled. Yeah. Or my money's her money. Right, but see, I, that's I, the thing. I, I don't, I, I've never called and said, oh, by the way, I'm stopping off at Burger King. Oh, she's not calling you to tell you that she's spending but your money. But my wife is. My wife is. She's like, hey, I'm going to Wetzel's for lunch. Is yeah. that cool? Well, see, my fine. husband's yeah. money is my money, and my money is my money. Right. But even just to call to say you're stopping off at Burger King, she'd be like, yeah. That's right. What I, like, why are you what, telling what, me that? Why, what's the point? If my husband texted me that, I'd be like, so? Yeah. Like, why? And, but, w- and what else? What are yeah. you really trying to tell communication. me? communication. We just right. talk I about anything and everything. Dragon's thing is just open communication, so there's nothing hidden at all. I think that's right. his point of it. I don't I don't have to ask for permission, and I don't have to hide it from her. But if know? I told my girlfriend, hey, I'm going to Burger King for lunch, she'd say, why are you telling me? Yeah, why? Well, okay. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. yeah exactly. So would I. <laughs> yeah. I might text that. Who cares? <laughs> so you're, de- you're having such a slow day today, the highlight is going to Burger King, and you want me to know about <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right, Dragon. Everybody, hey, everybody's relationship is different. Now, yes. we learned a little something yes. about you. Rick texts his wife when he's getting a new car. You text your wife when you're going to Burger King. See, it all balances out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think my husband and I talk on the phone every day, and he's like, I'm going to lunch. I'm like, good, me too. I'll see you later. Yeah. See, you informed right. your husband you were going to lunch. Well, How we're, dare we're you? We're talking right, at the same, right about lunchtime. By the time I get off, we talk. I'm like, how's it going? He's like, good. How's your day? Good. Okay, I'm going to lunch. Me too. I'll see you later tonight. See, I took it like you were. she was trying to hold you to a certain caloric intake for the day. And oh. like you were asking permission, like, oh, by the way, I'm going to Burger King. And she would go, all right, well, just get the Junior Whopper and a small fry. Not Only a chance. milkshakes Never. tomorrow. Never. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, Randy from Castle Rock, uh, first call on uh, on the CU new coach. What do you think, Randy? 
Yeah, well, great. I'm glad I can be the first caller about this topic. Yeah, we we got like a minute, so uh, let, yeah, what, no what do you problem. think about them? Well, I think it's you said, you know, the pool's limited, and I agree, especially at the salary levels that they're kind of constrained by. So I think it's probably a, a decent uh, um, coaching pick, and I congratulate Rick George. I feel bad for him, you know. He got... He got screwed on this whole deal, you know, but uh, I think it'll be a good, and I don't know if they can keep those recruits or not. I think the recruits can opt out when the head coach changes. So I'm not, that may be uh, Durrell's uh, first challenge is to go after those recruits and see if you can re-sign them up. Yeah, so I'm not sure that they that can. Works. I thought they. I think they're, once they sign. They're committed to they that can, year. They can be. Appeal, right? Right. So the school can approve a transfer if there's a head coaching change. So basically the school just has to they'd sign They'd have to let them out of it. But Correct. then they'd yeah. have to let one, if one asks and all asks, and you'd have to let all of them right. play, which they wouldn't do. So, yeah, you, you yeah, went there. I don't know. If some kid doesn't want to play, I think you let them. But if Durrell can talk him into, you know, st- you know, it's a great program. It's a beautiful uh, opportunity for a lot of kids. And so I think uh, I'm excited. I'm a season ticket holder, and I'm going back next year. So uh, uh, regardless of the coach, and one of my friends said we should go see uh, Mel Tucker um, play um, Utah, BYU, because <laughs> mm. they're playing in. Right. <laughs> Salt Lake City, uh, Michigan State's playing Salt Lake City or in Utah, right? So, yeah. Well, Randy, I yeah. agree. I don't think you can. I don't think you can go wrong with Carl Durrell. He's he's not going to be a bad choice coach. Will he win Pac-12 titles? Who knows? But I, I think he'll at least have a, a competitive program uh, every year, well, and I hopefully Rick, build on what Rick Mel Tucker George did. Is, yeah, Rick George, I think, is a smart guy, and I think he can pluck people out of there mcintyre helped reestablish the program but it's too bad they went through this hiccup with uh, the mellow drama so. absolutely thank you randy got a break here uh final segment of the show coming up on the other side we'll get some news and traffic for you too you're listening to koa now logan and lewis Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. Sponsored by the law offices of Dan Kaplis. On KOA, the voice of Colorado. Okay, we're back here on KOA, 1138, Monday morning. So far, no snow in the city. It was snowing up north, kind of almost whiteout conditions in some parts of uh, northern Colorado just a couple of hours ago. Talking about a lot of different things on the show here today. Uh, earlier, we were talking about jazz clubs in Denver, and a texter mentioned Mount Vernon Country Club used to host really high-profile jazz acts up there. And I actually went to a, a jazz show up there at Mount Vernon with Ginger Baker, the great drummer. Ginger Baker and I went to see Elvin Jones, maybe the greatest jazz drummer of all time. And he was old. Elvin was old at the time, and uh, I'm sure it wasn't what he was in his youth, but he was still great. And uh, Ginger and I got to see him up close, 10, 10, 15 feet from the drum kit up there at Mount Vernon Country Club. Uh, That was awesome. Uh, This weekend, Saturday night, my band's playing up at the Grand Z Casino Hotel. Uh, a lot of UKOA listeners have come up to these shows in the past, and I get a chance 
uh, to meet you and uh, come up and see us Saturday night. We'll be playing at 8 o'clock. It's a free show. And uh, the band's really good. And uh, I get a chance to meet you. Uh, you. You'll see me walking around before the show. And certainly after the show, we do a meet and greet uh, after the show. We play it like a concert. We play two straight hours. Uh, so you'll be you'll be out of there at 10. You can leave. Yeah, we play 8 to 10. And, you know, if you have to get a babysitter or you don't like staying out late, uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up by 10 o'clock. Then we do a little meet and greet. And we get a chance to meet. It's cool to be able to meet fans face-to-face. You know, people listen to you on the radio, you know, for a couple decades, and uh, but never meet you. They never get to meet you. They never get to put a, a face to the voice. So it's it's really cool to get out and meet people. And you, you, you get a much better feel for who somebody is when you meet them face-to-face, yeah. I think. Um, and so a lot of you KOA listeners may be not real familiar with me and Kathy until the last couple of years when we started doing the show with Dave, but... Uh, we've been around a long time. We've been doing the Fox morning show uh, for 20 years plus, uh, going on almost 30. And um, so this is kind of a new audience for us. And what's cool about it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the band is a lot of you have come out to check the band out. And I really appreciate that. Uh, so come on up on uh, this Saturday. And people always ask me about you, Kathy, and Dragon. And Grant, even a few people have asked me about you. <laughs> what? At the show. Yeah, no even, way. even well, a few. That's love right there, buddy. I, yeah. I appreciate you lying for me. Uh, from the text line, Dragon, I once bought an $11,000 snowmobile. Didn't tell my wife until the registration came. Uh, compared to you letting her know you're going to Burger King. that's yeah, We just live in two separate worlds, my friends. Quite a difference. <laughs> uh, another texter doesn't like the hire of Carl Durrell, said it's going to be John Embry all over again. I may not renew my season tickets. Um, I think you have to give him a chance. Well, yeah. You I know, mean, like, you have no choice. But... Yeah, so I mean, like, maybe just give him a chance and see how it goes, because you may not renew your season tickets, and then he may be the one. We know he's a good coach. Yes. His resume will tell you he's a good coach. And then at his press conference today, I learned that he has a house here in Colorado. I did not know that. So for him, this is coming home. 
Yeah, so, apparently he lives in Boulder in the off season. Well, that's a great connection right there. So maybe he does bleed black and gold. In a way. And he also Kinda. said yeah. in his press conference that with his trajectory going the way it was in the NFL and being recently named an assistant head coach with Miami, that he would not have left the NFL for any other college job than CU. So hmm. he's saying all the right things. He said all the right things. Yep. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm I'm good with him. Certainly could have been worse. Especially in the situation they were in. They were put in a really tough situation. Uh, trying to hire a head coach in February. I mean, your pool is pretty small of, of good candidates. Mm-hmm. And they got a good one. I think they got a good guy. Another texture said, hello, guys. Uh, why did the Buffs name an interim coach and then hire someone else a week and a half later? If I'm Shiverini, I'm a little pissed off. The Broncos did that too, though. Remember they had uh, Studisville as the interim. Oh, yeah, you have to. Yeah. And then the Buffs had no choice. They, you know, you got to stop the bleeding. And you got to still, you know, the players still have to practice and have meetings and stuff, sure. right? So you Absolutely. still have to have an interim. Yeah, you want some continuity. And that's what Shiverini provided, albeit for a week or so. Um, but you, they really needed that. They really needed him. And I'm sure they appreciate it. Uh, they, it was reported that he was one of the candidates. I'm not sure if he was ever a serious candidate. I don't know. But if I am him, I, I'm, I'm probably not too happy that I didn't get a real serious look uh, from the University of Colorado. But hopefully Shiverini stays because I know a lot of people like him. And he's he's a, a good recruiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really tied into the program. He does bleed black and yes, gold. Yes, he does. Uh, and that he, guy. He played for Durrell when he, he played was the for... assistant coach. And Durrell also mentioned him by name in the press conference. He didn't say anything about his coaching future at CU, but he mentioned how great of a player he was here while right. while he was here the first time. Right. Yeah, so it's got to be disappointing for him. And he openly lobbied for the job on social media. I mean, he was uh, had a big presence on social media that week and a half, uh, just trying to rally the troops. And I thought he put up put up a, a really good face uh, during a very tough time, really tricky, really tough to to find a, a head coach when yours up and leaves a week after signing day. It's pretty tough. Uh, I was talking about music, my band coming up Saturday, and, and as you probably know by now. Um, I've got a, a band, Rick Lewis Project. I play drums. Uh, and I've done a couple decades on a classic rock music station with Kathy on the uh, the Fox Morning Show. So we're really into the music thing. And we had David Lee Roth on the show uh, towards the end of last year. The lead vocalist of Van Halen, total legend, rock icon. And Dave was promoting his Vegas residency. And so we talked to him, and I'm a big fan of David Lee Roth. I, I always have been. Never been a great singer, but just a tremendous frontman. Entertaining. You can't take your eyes off of him. Has a lot of energy, always real nice. You know, just really always a fun guy. Fun, yes. Yeah. Very charismatic. Well, he's promoting his Vegas residency really hard. He's also opening up for Kiss, by the way. On their farewell tour. So he's a, he's he's got a pretty big profile right now. Well, over the weekend, a couple of videos released of him in Vegas singing with his band. 
And I got to tell you, I was a little embarrassed for him. And now he's never been a good singer, but it just, something's wrong. I mean, he, he was really flat. It was like maybe he couldn't hear himself. He certainly can't scream anymore. Play a little bit. Here you go. Wow. Well, you get the idea right there. And you know what? This kind of hurts me a little bit because I love David Lee Roth and Van Halen. Big fan. Lived in Southern California. Worked in L.A. rock radio when Van Halen was at the top of the world. And David Lee Roth was the man. And when you hear that now, it just, ah. Makes you cringe. Makes you cringe a little <laughs> bit, man. It's, oh, people get old, right? I get it. And he's out there making a lot of money for this, too. Cheapest ticket for the Vegas residency, 100 bucks. The cheapest ticket. And um, the band sounds great. It's just Dave can't sing. Too bad. And he knows it. You know, there's some there's some public comments about him uh, not being able to sing. And, and he made a, I, I thought it was a funny statement um, about his voice. He said, hey, I've never had a good voice. He said, my, my voice has always been... A, like a four-mile-long flat road with knobby tires, which is typical David Lee Roth. It's a great comment, and he's right, but... But at it's least, worse now. It's worse, yeah. Something, he's, you know, what is he, late 60s? And that's that's really pushing it for a lot of, lot of singers. Not for Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar is still on top of his game. I bet that really pisses Dave off. Because... How old is Roth? 65? He's 65, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Sammy's, what, 72? Yeah, I think Sammy's 71 or two. It still can really sing. But Dave could never really sing before. But he was able to get away with it with all of his stage presence and his moves and his charisma, the kicks. He's got all of that still. A lot of clowning. He clowns a lot on stage when you watch the video. It's the same David Lee Roth, although an older version. He just can't sing. Could he can't they, scream. He can't squeal anymore. He can't hit any high notes. Couldn't they put, like, a music sweetener behind him, though? Well, you could hear they had that on the backup vocals. You know, on those backup vocals, that that was recorded. That was a that to me was a loop of some sort that gets triggered, that triggers the backup vocal. Hmm. That didn't that sound like a record to you? Yeah, that it didn't did. Sound but like you would people. think they could have like a sweetener underneath his vocals. Yeah, I not wonder. just the backup vocals. Because I've heard yeah. they've done that for other musicians. Britney Spears. I'm told she uses one of those and, and probably more people than you know. But would that work for Dave? He's basically just screaming. Is a is a what? vocal That's... tuner going to help you when you're just really screaming? Well, he's not even singing on that. He's not even singing. He's just really talking. I don't know. Maybe something's it, wrong with it. It kind of bothers me a little bit, I have to say. Let's just think of it this way. It may have just been a bad night. Might have been a Maybe. bad night, yes. Yeah. Mm. Although... Bad when you monitor. go back to 2012, Van Halen played here at the Pepsi Center, and we heard the same things. And that was eight years ago, so he was he was 57. Well, think of it this way. Eight years between bad nights, it's fine. It's fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> and, and he did, you know, that Pepsi Center show when the reviews came out, he did say he was having monitor problems. 
and monitor issues. That thus he couldn't hear himself and was flat. Now he has no excuses now, and he didn't he didn't make any excuses. He pretty much said, "Hey, I I've never been a good singer. You know, it is what it is." And the band sounds great. And Dave still moves around the stage like he did back in the day. He's got the confidence for sure. Who has more confidence than David Lee Roth? <laughs> Seriously. Bikram guy? The Bikram guy. Yes, Kathy. And that guy's a total narcissist. Good good pull. <laughs> yeah, that, I still can't get over that guy. But wait, do you watch it? I can't wait to watch that documentary. Yeah, check it out, guys. You, you'll be shocked. What this guy was getting away with. Sick. There's still places that are called Bikram Yoga Studios. I know. Too. That's like, what's even worse. Is it's like they still, why would they take his name off of everything? Yeah. Well, these these people, and, and by the way, in order to get a, a Bikram Yoga Studio, you had to be trained by him. And see, that was the that was the whole scam is these women were going through the training to be a teacher of Bikram Yoga, which became a franchise. And so if they would have complained about anything, then their career is over. They weren't going to be able to, to, to chase that dream anymore. And so he got away with a lot. Wow. But some of them, uh, according to the, uh, the film, were taking the name off and just calling it hot yoga. Why not just call it hot yoga? Yep. People know what it is. He did all of the sessions, too, in like, the, like bikini underwear. He's wearing black bikini underwear. Throughout the whole film. So as he's teaching these classes, he's he's just in bikini underwear. And he doesn't think anything he did, that he did anything wrong. No. Total egomaniac. Even the deposition, they showed some of his deposition so defiant and uh, arrogant. And I can't even say one of the, th- one of the things he said on the, uh, on the, this isn't a deposition. He corrects the female lawyer. He goes, no. He goes, I don't like three things, cold weather, cold food, and cold blank. You know what I mean by that, Grant? Did you tell him what I, yeah. He says that in a deposition to a female lawyer. I mean, how arrogant do you have to be? You won't believe it. Amazing. I, I mean, I just can't, I first of all didn't know Bikram was actually a guy. And I'm shocked that we never heard about any of this stuff. Yeah, me neither. I thought it was a style of yogurt. I mean, yoga. I was like, yogurt? yogurt. <laughs> Yog- Bikram yogurt. Me too. Maybe we should o- open up Bikram yogurt shops. No, I thought it was a style of yo- yoga too, that it came, I didn't know what Bikram was, right? You know, you just went with it. That yeah, it was, was the guy's name, and he did a great job branding it and franchising it. And he did a great job. But I'm surprised we never heard of the trial. I was. It looked like it was a pretty big deal in L.A., not here, though, because he was the yoga instructor to the stars out there. But that's why you think you'd hear about it and the fact that there were so many Bikram yoga studios around the country. Yep. And you said there's three in Denver still, as far as you can tell? Yeah. And I don't want to say anything bad about them. So no, that, that's, see, that's the bad part right there. So those of you, you know, if you happen to own one of those or manage one, you know, this is not on you. Talking about the guy. This is the guy. And unfortunately, he put a stain on that name mm-hmm. now that this Netflix documentary's come out. And that's unfortunate for the people that own the business. Because I've done Bikram Yoga. and I've, Have you? Yeah, and I thought it was great. It's a good workout. You know, it's hard. It's harder than you think it is. Jeez, these people, yeah, they talk about it in the film, like the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Like, you think you're going to die. You know, and then you get through it, and you just feel so good. 
you know, and he got all the credit for it. And they really looked up to the guy. It was like a cult leader of some sort. So, yeah, I want to make that clear. This is, this is not on anybody there that owns a, a Bikram yoga studio. No. Don't misconstrue that. This is the guy. The guy who they did a documentary and on, he, on Netflix, And he, yes. he did put a stain on the name. So, I mean, you may eventually have to change the name of your business once you watch this documentary. A lot have since then. I a lot have. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're, uh, we're about done. Hey, thank you for your calls and your text here today. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, Dragon, let your wife know you're going to Burger King on the way home. I think it may be Taco Bell today. I don't know. All right, and we'll see you uh, again tomorrow. Mandy Connell coming up next on KOA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.